Hello there and welcome to another episode of Get Wrecked, our little side series here on Play Along Podcast. Uh, we, in this series, we will recommend a game to a host that they haven't played and then they will recommend a game to us that we haven't played and then we will come together and talk about it. So today I'm joined by Colby of Switch It Up Podcast. How are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. No, dude, it's been awesome. We uh, we recorded an episode with Colby, all three of us, uh, where we discussed Breath of the Wild. That was uh, the first of our sort of Patreon content that we're doing. That's free for everybody, though. So if you want to go listen to a two and a, a two and a bit hour discussion about Breath of the Wild, definitely go check it out because I feel like good points were made all around, and it was just it was a good time. So I was interested to to have you back on. Yeah, no, I think some uh, hopefully some opinions have been swayed in light of the latest trailer, <laughs> but you know that's neither here nor there. Yeah, so why don't we start off talk about yourself, talk about Switch It Up podcast. If, if people don't know what it is, yeah, how would you describe it to someone? Yeah, uh, I'm co-host of Switch It Up podcast, which is an all thing Nintendo podcast run by myself and my lifelong best friend Tyler. We've been doing the show for just over three years now, uh, just basically going over everything Nintendo related, getting more into you know individual projects and. Uh, stuff like that Tyler's starting his own I have the Final Fantasy VII Remake Deep Dive series going but you know primarily still at the core of it all it's Nintendo news Nintendo related everything our latest episode we went over everything in the direct that was this this month September but yeah unfortunately episodes are coming out a little bit slower just because of college life and you know other obligations getting in the way but when we when we will find time to put out episodes hopefully weekly is the goal but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty laid-back experience, so if that's up your alley, then I'd recommend checking it out. Yeah, I mean, the first I heard of you guys, I knew of you guys as the, the Fire Emblem guys. You guys done like a... <laughs> what's the, how long was that deep dive you guys oh, did God, as your was, season four was, comeback? It was close to three hours on one, yeah. on one route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you're into Nintendo stuff specifically, Switch It Up is a great place to go check out. Um, and I mean, I, I've been avoiding the Final Fantasy VII, uh, deep dive because I've not played that. I've not played any Final Fantasy game. Oh, wow. So I'm, yeah, I'm interested to play seven. That's it. Um, if, you're into, if, you're in, if you're interested in seven, it's no better time to get into it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my, me and my other half, we just signed up to the PlayStation Plus stuff. Oh, nice. So uh, we've got access to all of that stuff now, and I've been, I've been eyeing up Final Fantasy. Yeah, you've got. I mean, I don't know if you have PS Five, but you have. I just finished the. I finished the Yuffie DLC yesterday, for the first time, which oh, was incredible. I enjoyed it just as much as the base game. But yeah, Crisis Core reunions are on the corner. I still think the OG holds up even today. I played that last year. But plenty of mm. plenty of content for Final Fantasy Seven. That's what you're into. Yeah, I mean the the ones I'm debating are. Basically, six, seven, and eight—they're the three that I'm debating between because they're the ones I hear the most about. Yeah. Um, the only thing I know is to avoid thirteen. That's the one. There's the, <laughs> the word on the street, but I'm gonna listen to them on that one. Uh, so, we have recommended each other games that one of us has played and the other one has not, and I got kind of lucky with my game. We'll talk about that afterwards. But for you. 
I recommended to you the Insomniac Spider-Man game. So Insomniac Spider-Man game was uh, released in 2018, originally for the PS4, and was developed by Insomniac Games and then published by Sony Interactive. This has gone on to have... uh, I believe there was like a remaster. There was a PS5 remaster... Um, and then you had the Miles Morales spin-off as well. And now there's a PC version of it as well. Yeah, yeah, it just recently came to PC, and uh, next year we're going to be getting a sequel to this with Venom, and I'm adamant that the guy in the trailer who does the voiceover is Craven the Hunter. Probably. Um, but that that that's all conspiracy theory stuff, so... Let's talk about your sort of your experience with Spider-Man prior to playing it for for the episode. So I I'd only known about it because I just got a PS5 this year, but I'd only known about Spider-Man through watching other people play it, like on YouTube and stuff. And I was like, "Wow, that looks really really cool!" And honestly, mm-hmm. it looks like one of the best superhero games ever made. And I didn't get my hands on it until I got PS Plus with my PS5 purchase bundle. So I got that for a year for free, and it was on there. So I just happened to download it. I fired it up one day, and yeah, I mean, I haven't finished the game, unfortunately. I just haven't had the time to. I got to the part where the Sinister Six kind of whoops you up and leaves you for dead. Mm-hmm. So that's it's a fair chunk into it. Yeah, so I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of like, and obviously I know how it ends. I've seen people play it, but you know, it's it's just like to dumb it down. It's just really, really fun. It's just a really <laughs> fun experience. It's basically it's Grand Theft Auto if you know you were spider-man it's basically yeah the concept of it which is really cool yeah it's um it's what i imagine the spider-man ps2 game felt like when i was playing it you know i look back at like the older spider-man games um and this is how i felt they were when i were playing them i look back at them now and i think oh this is just this doesn't look great it doesn't look like it handles well at all um so yeah in terms of me personally i um i'm a massive spider-man fan i grew up uh reading spider-man comics and watching uh the why is my mind blanking 90s it was a 90s spider-man cartoon uh that was always on tv when i was growing up and it's fucking it's just weird <laughs> and stuff in it is just crazy like he at one point i think he has a spider web parachute that he uses that right. <laughs> but um i ended up actually this came at a convenient time for me because i wanted to get a ps4 pro and my base ps4 was kicking up all kinds of noise and was just being very loud ready to die oh yeah it was <laughs> it was sort of given out so I found out that they did a PS4 Pro themed Spider-Man console. That's cool. Um, And it was, yeah, it's like, it's all red and it's got the white spider logo on it. And when you stand it up, it looks all nice and it comes with a controller. And it comes with the game and the DLC, which is free expansions. Um, Which, if you can get a hold of them to play, I suggest playing. I haven't downloaded. Yeah, they're they're great. The... um, one of them's Black Cat, one of them's Turf War, and I forget what the other one is, but they're all sort of spin-offs of the main story of the game. But yeah, so I, I got that, 
and then I had Ellie play it, uh, my other half. It was one of the first games that she she played that sort of wasn't like a an Animal Crossing or or something like that. And uh, she went on to a hundred percent it. She the only reason she hasn't yeah the only reason she hasn't got the platinum is because she was like I'm not doing new game plus and I'm not playing this game on hard. She was like I've I've, I've done it or <laughs> like I've, I've had enough. That's a you know, fair enough. She did her part. Yeah, yeah. She was like as far as I'm concerned, I've a hundred percented it. So, uh, so in terms of the actual story of the game, um. How do you how do you go about explaining this? It so it it follows it follows Peter Parker like normal with his Aunt May and basically Aunt May is working at this like shelter. It's called Feast, sort of. right? Feast, that's it. Yeah, and she she's working at this shelter that deals with people who sleep rough and kind of providing uh, food and warmth for for people who need it and. You're playing as Spider-Man and you're doing the typical balance in having a social life, helping Aunt May. You, I believe in this one, you're a lab assistant to Doc Ock yep. uh, prior to his incident and his transformation. And you're just kind of... It's, it's almost like mini stories against the backdrop of a main story. I, yeah, I, that's a really good way of describing. There's a bunch of like B plots behind the A plot. I definitely get that. Yeah, yeah. So the the A plot revolves around this villain known as Mister Negative, who is going around corrupting people and turning them evil and essentially into not necessarily puppets, but they just kind of begin attacking people and just become very violent. And that leads into this whole situation with this chemical called Devil's Breath that basically amplifies everything that he's doing. And so your your, your main plot is that you are stopping Mr. Negative from whatever it is that he wants to do. That's as much as I remember of it. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, that's... That's, that's basically as far as I got to. I mean, obviously the Sinister Six get involved. You have again, the Sinister Six kind of feels like a one of those B plots behind Mister mm-hmm. Negatives if he's the big bad. Uh, but yeah, you've, you've obviously Otto goes insane, but you know, a bunch, bunch of stuff, bunch of bunch of B plots that you know. I, I don't, don't want to say it takes away from the main story because I enjoy all of them, but you know, as far mm-hmm. as like a Mister Negative kind of feels like an afterthought by the time you get to the like all that stuff yeah i'd definitely say so because you you have all of these plots that kind of it's almost like c plots that lead up to the sinister six which is the b plot you've got you know taking down rhino taking down scorpion you've got electro you've got doc ock and everything that happens with him and then they end up in the raft which is this maximum security prison and then from there they break out and it's it's it kind of takes that whole like there's a lot going on in Peter's life and just amplifies it to an absolute extreme where you have like three different plots going on at, at once. Yeah, I forgot Kingpin's the first guy you fight. He's in this game too. Yeah, very first guy. Yeah. And then there's a whole side section where there are missions where you play as MJ and you're going around 
uh, investigating museums and trying to find out what it is about this devil's breath that Mr. Negative wants and how, how, Norman Osborne's involved. How do you feel about the MJ stuff? Because the biggest critique I've seen of this game is that the MJ stuff kind of really kills the pace a little bit and kills the flow. See, I... I'm not saying that's what I believe. That's just a lot of... like Because I, I did research on what other people thought of the game. That's, that's what I saw a lot of. I personally, I like the MJ stuff in this game. I like the the change of pace because when you're playing as spider-man everything is very fast it's very high octane and when you're doing the stealth section there'll be some sections where you're trying not to get caught and you have access to like trip mines that web people and all of these other gadgets that you can use to kind of take people down whereas with mj all you really get is like a lure that you can throw and distract a guard to walk around them or you can create a noise in the environment to distract them and so i personally i'm a fan of those change of paces um it's one of the things that i mean minor spoilers i guess for like death stranding but in death stranding you spend the entire time walking around with bb the baby who warns you of enemies in the area and stuff and then there's a section of the game late into the game where you lose bb for a while and you're kind of left traversing this world with the without the thing that you've come to rely on so much and so that was what i liked about the mj sections because you got no gadgets you've got no spidey sense you've got nothing you are just a standard ass person trying to infiltrate this museum i i feel very similarly just because especially when you get towards the end of the game like the spider-man stuff really just picks up and like even the time just explore the city feels like like an afterthought you don't really have time to do so you have to get to the end of the game so you know the first mj i think the first mj encounter is in the museum when her spider-man happened to be there looking into the Mm. um was it the statues that fisk was holding yeah that's it yeah there's like a bunch of uh, artifacts that he had that they think are connected to the, dra- the dragon's breath. Yeah, so, stuff. yeah, I like that kind of stuff. I like moving the, I like moving the statue so it would unlock the door and all that, all that stuff. So like, I, I, I did enjoy the MJ stuff. It was, it was definitely a nice way to slow down the game a little bit and just you know relax, take a breath. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they hit the nail on the head as well because. There's not too many of them. Agreed. From what I remember, I think there's like three, maybe four in the entire game. And they're very spaced out. So it's not like four hours of slow action and then going on to something else. Like they're very well spaced out. I agree, for sure. So what did you... Obviously, we've spoken about how there's like so many plots going on. What did you think about that? Did you find it easy to keep track of what was happening yeah probably because i had a lot of back like experience like secondhand watching it so like i knew Mm. i I always knew where we were going next but i yeah it didn't get confusing at any point and i think that's that's a really fine line to walk and it's impressive that they were able to walk that line and not have it get misconstrued or anything like that because if i remember correctly from the end of the game that the end of the game feels like it like when you beat Mr. Negative, like the, the game doesn't end because there's still like the virus running around the city mm-hmm. that you have to 
get um, mass produced to save all these people. So like, there's a lot of game left. It feels like, but I, I, I didn't find it confusing at all. I thought the Doc Ock stuff was great. I thought that that was a mm-hmm. that was a really slow burn, which really paid off because at the beginning of the game, he's like your best friend, and then obviously he finds out. You don't know at the time, but he finds out the Peter Parker Spider-Man really early in the game. So I feel like that that was a, they they did a good job with that. I like the um I like the Wilson Fist stuff at the beginning. I, I don't know how much he I forget how much he like pops back up later in the story, but you know regardless, that was a nice way to get you introduced to what the major crisis of the game was going to be. And the Mister Negative reveal was really cool. I mean, you meet him in the doesn't he doesn't he throw the birthday party for Aunt May in the beginning of the game? He he is um. From what I remember, he's the person whose foot rolled in feast. He's like a major yeah. investor or something like that. Yeah, so like Um and he does throw a party. Yeah, he throws the party for Aunt May and then you got in the helicopter and he's just hanging out there with all the <laughs> just with all the black and white around him. Like he's a nineteen forties cartoon character and you're just like, Oh shit. But yeah, I like that a lot too. I, I didn't find it confusing at all. I thought all the plots paid off and nothing is out of place, which is mm. really which is a really big takeaway for me. Yeah, because I th- I think that even though there are so many plots and there's always something happening in the game, but it's almost like the B plot will pause and then the A plot comes back and then the A plot kind of stops for a little while and then you're going off to something. Like the Mr. Negative stuff takes a back seat when everyone breaks out of the raft and then you're dealing with that and you're so busy dealing with that that Mr. Negative pops his head up again and you're off to do that. So they don't, they don't ever overlap, which I felt was quite nice. It's paced, I felt like they it's paced really it. well. Yeah, it is paced really well. Um, and I guess the the thing as well that's interesting about this game is that this game was the introduction of Miles Morales for sort of the the console version yep. of of Spider Man. So how did you feel about Miles coming into it? And because he's essentially starts off as this massive spider-man fan he's like absolutely loves spider-man and then there is an attack on city hall during a norman osborne speech and unfortunately miles dad ends up passing away as a result of that yeah and then as i say later in the game sorry you you end up uh talking to miles he becomes friends with peter and he ends up finding out that spider-man is peter parker and he ends up revealing to Spider-Man that he was also bit by a spider, and now he has these powers as well. I haven't played the new Spider-Man Miles Morales game. I've only heard good things. I don't know. Have you played it? I literally started it today. Oh, actually. cool! Really cool. <laughs> Funny enough, but yeah, I've only heard really good things about that. I, Miles is such an—he's such an interesting character. Like, just into the Spider-Verse is an incredible movie and so good it's it's so prop like probably a top three superhero movie ever made but it's really good they do a really good job this character there and you know you don't get a ton of them in this game but you get enough to where you like Mm -hmm. know who he is and you have interest in who he is and anyone who's and anyone who's a spider-man fan obviously knows where that's going so i kind of like the i kind of like the buddy buddy that him and peter get because it sets up like you him and peter like in the sequel i'm assuming taking on Craven the Hunter and Venom. And that's just a really like, that's just like a big superhero Spider-Man geek love fest that they're putting in right. Yeah. Which is going to be super cool to see. 
But it also it felt very organic. I felt yeah, because for sure. if I remember correctly, you meet Miles originally at the feast shelter. I think so. Yeah, and then you end up sort of becoming friends with him, and him and him and Peter become very close, and then it kind of leads to everything that happens with like the identity and stuff, mm-hmm. and. I think I played maybe like the first two hours of Miles Morales today, or maybe like the first hour and a bit. And Peter's in the very first section. There's actually like a massive fight scene that happens where you're teaming up with Peter. That's really cool. Uh, to take down someone, which is really awesome. And then Peter's like, I'm going on holiday for three weeks because I've got to do some pictures for the bugle. So you're going to be on your own. And that's where that takes off. Do you get to but, control Peter, or you just only control Miles? No, you only control Miles. You only control Miles. But it's it's funny because uh, Peter is like teaching him to be Spider Man essentially. So he's also teaching him not just the combat side of stuff, but he's teaching him the quips and the sarcasm and sort of how to like talk to your opponents when you're <laughs> fighting them. That's pretty cool. So that's brilliant. That's really cool. And for for the next thing though. And I feel, personally for me, this was what my biggest love of the game was, is the gameplay. 100%. Because swinging around New York as Spider-Man in this game is just absolutely flawless. It's, I can't... There's no words to really describe I don't describe know if it. I can explain yeah, there's it. There's no words to really describe it. It's just, it's seamless, it's flawless, it's effortless, it's everything you'd imagine... I learned I'd be a terrible Spider-Man because just the I I can hardly <laughs> control him on a controller, let alone God knows what happened in real life. But because there's a lot of uh, a lot of traversal abilities that you can do yeah. as, as Spider-Man. Yeah, there is. I so obviously the swing is the basic one. You can do the tricks in the air. There's the climbing on the walls. There's you know a b- bunch of stuff. Uh, just a whole just, bunch. Yeah, of just stuff. running around the streets. People like talk to you and he'll like talk back. It's it's really funny, but. Have you have you done the thing yet where sometimes there's people you can walk up, press triangle, and you can like take a selfie with them or like high five <laughs> them and stuff? I have. It's it's so perfect for that character and like that's the like that's the most Spider Man Spider Man gets is when you're just traversing the open world, swinging, exploring the city, talking to the civilians. You know, every now and then stopping a crime, like the the stopping the car the the car chases. That's really freaking cool. I love I love oh, I love doing that. Brilliant. Yeah, I love doing that. I love finding the the monuments and taking the pictures of the monuments. You still get the Daily Bugle stuff there. It's just the open world mechanics is the best I've probably ever played in just like any game ever. Just traversing an open world, like how how you move, it's probably the best I've ever played. Yeah, and there are even like little. I don't know if it's right to call them Easter eggs, essentially, but like you can find. Avengers Tower is a landmark and Doctor Strange's house is a landmark. You can take a picture of that. Yeah. So there are all those kinds of nods to other Marvel stuff. But just, yeah, I mean, because you can swing, you can web zip, which basically just allows you to change direction very quickly while you're swinging. Yep. So you can go around corners. And even small things, like if you're running along the side of a building, if you hold circle, spider-man will automatically just turn 90 degrees on the corner and the camera will follow and you just become straight again and you just carry on going it's there what do they call it where you press the the two back buttons um oh, is it like 
point point launch yeah i think that's exactly what something it's like that yeah. and you can point launch onto stuff and then press x to jump off and give yourself a speed boost and just fins as well like if you do it through a gap spider-man will like sort of go through the gap in slow motion and the acrobatics just... are so well done ah oh, dude there's there's no way to describe how smooth and flawless it is to go around this city as uh as spider-man it's it's incredible how, how, does miles morales have a similar mechanic miles morales has the exact same controls and it handles the exact same well, perfect way but the interesting thing is that miles has his own spin on it so like with peter parker you're when you swing, you're essentially always upright, you know, one arm and then the other arm. But Miles Morales will be like, he'll say you're doing a backflip and then you press R2 to swing on something. If you're upside down, he'll just like swing upside down and like oh, go so and cool. then flip out of it. And it, it just, he, it adds his own sort of flavor and personality onto the web swinging. That's so cool. Which is, which is really cool to see. Um, I don't know what to say about the combat system because when I talk to people about the combat system, it feels it feels harsh to say like, oh, it's it's the Arkham fighting system, but it, it's the Batman Arkham fighting system. It, it it's exactly that's exactly what it is, and that's not a bad thing at all. Like this, no, no, no. This like it feels it has the own spider has the Spider Man twist. It feels like you're fighting as Spider Man, which is really all you can ask for out of the combat system. Just like how in the Arkham games, you, you feel like you're fighting like as Batman. But mm. for for how hard Spider-Man hits some of those enemies, God, they take a lot of damage. <laughs> oh my lord, man! Like, Especially the big brute guys. No, they, like, they, they just forever. will not go down. No, that's that's probably my one critique. That feels like enemies have so much health, given the fact they're being hit by Spider-Man. Have you got to the guys with the mini guns yet? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, they were the bane of my existence when i was playing this game i hated those enemies run run away sorry i'm out of here dude it's a job for the nypd yeah you you can't disarm them no and like you you can't web them up or anything they're just they're pains absolute pains but yeah the combat system is essentially arkham like you said but again like you said you've got your spider-man gadgets you've got the ability to uh, web people to the floor to swing objects around and throw them at people yeah, that's like really it's cool. just again it, there's nothing really uh, to explain i feel like i'm doing a bad job of explaining it but it's just however you're imagining combat as spider-man should be that's, that's it how it is in this game even the stealth stuff's like that too the stealth stuff's very spider-man the, the stealth stuff is very spider-man yeah because you can uh, if I remember correctly, you can like web shoot walls to make noise to attract enemies over. Yeah, and you can like and you can, things you can, like you can that. cocoon them. If I remember correctly, like hang them upside yeah, down. Yeah, you can like yeah, you take them upside down. You can put trip mines on that will shoot web out and stick people to the wall. Uh, my favorite one was the impact web. There's this gadget called the impact. I have web, that. Yeah, that's it's sick. Which is it's just like a high velocity web shot that comes out of his wrist. And it just immediately sticks anybody to the nearest surface. <laughs> it's it's so cool. It's, it's awesome. And even changing your gadgets is super easy as well. You just hold L one and yeah. 
time kind of slows down a bit enough for you to change your gadget quickly and do what you need to do so the before we get into sort of like the overall feel and the final conclusions and stuff i want to ask you about the side missions did you do you said you sort of you did the landmarks and you did some crimes and stuff because you can build suits in this game you need to get tokens to build suits and each suit has its own special power that it gives you and luckily they're not tied to that suit yeah that was something i was really thankful for because some suits had amazing abilities i just didn't like the look of the suit so being able to change that was awesome yeah that was cool i yeah i did a couple of them not a lot because i wanted to get because i want to get a feel for the story so we can have this conversation but they don't take too long, which is my biggest thing. They don't. They don't take too long. Mm-hmm. They don't take away from the story at all. I forget who's the who's who's the best friend police officer. What's her name? Oh my lord! Is it Yuri? It's not Yuri, is it? I think it might be Yuri. Because I know, you I know, I know talking. Yuri. I know Yuri's the name of the guy who voices Peter Parker. I didn't know if Yuri was also the name of the best friend police officer, but yeah, helping her out's great. The thing that I really like is the towers is like linking up the towers like just the quick little sinking up the the waves of i don't know how to describe it but oh okay yeah yeah you um... i like doing that a lot i like that's how you like expand the map because it's not hard you can you can like track them pretty easily like none of the side quests are like doesn't feel like you're going out of your way to do them because a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of the crimes and towers and stuff's on the way to locations you need to go to anyway so it's just a great way to pick yeah. up some tokens, get your suits upgraded, get your abilities powered up, all that stuff. So I really liked them. They were they're, they're just smooth, smooth transitions from one place to another to get to all the plots. There were some that I found uh, sort of tedious. There's one where you're catching pigeons and you're chasing pigeons uh, through the sky because there's there's a friend there's a friend of spider-man who basically has a bunch of pigeons on the roof and then eventually they escape and you'll be flying around and all of a sudden peter will be like oh there's a pigeon and it will give you the little icon you know like when the cars drive away and stuff and you're just trying to like web swing as fast as you can (laughs) after this pigeon to get close enough to it to press l1 and r1 in order to grab it um they're very tedious you were right it is yuri by the way okay. her name is yuriko watanabe i'm gonna butcher that i apologize but yuri is is what he calls her yeah she's the chief of police i believe but former okay. captain um the one thing i do want to discuss the last side mission thing i want to discuss did you do any what is the character's name is it screwball the really annoying streamer i have not encountered her um she so i believe her name is screwball she is um she yes she's a (laughs) twitch streamer criminal right and when you're going through the town there'll be finn's like icons of hers and it will be like you have to defeat enemies and then there'll be a section that highlights pink and there's a camera and then when you defeat an enemy in that area the enemy will slow-mo and a bar comes up and you have to press r1 in the green bit to get the perfect picture which boosts up your score and she's essentially using spider-man and she's clickbait like 
yeah, she, she's like <laughs> trapping him, making him fight people, streaming the fight, and then gaining Twitch subs and stuff off of the fights that she's streaming. It's it's bizarre. That is, it's it's absolutely a weird bizarre. concept, but it makes <laughs> sense. And he's super fans. Yeah, right? But her challenges, like getting the scores on some of her challenges are so hard because the pink areas where you take the pictures will move. And if you don't get there quick enough, you don't get a chance to take a picture. And if you don't take the pictures, you will not get the high score and get the tokens. So some of them can be like a massive pain in the ass. That does sound very tedious. That and pigeons, good grief. Thank God I didn't come across Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's There's all sorts of weird side quests. There's like Norman Osborne uh, units on top of some of the buildings. Some of them will have you having to swing through air polluted uh, clouds so that you can like gain knowledge of the pollutions in the air and like stop it. And it's it, it's it's strange. It's strange, but they are they're easy and they're normally on the way to your main objective. So I found myself just being like, might oh well. well, I might as well do it while I'm here. Normally, we go on to talk about sort of. Uh, visuals and audio and and things like that i don't know if there's anything i want to say about the game other than just it fucking looks amazing and it sounds amazing and it's just agreed great like, agreed <laughs> there's nothing I like know what else to say there's nothing stand out about uh any of the sort of music in the game it's all very stereotypical superhero like grand music when things are happening and but it never overpowers anything it's almost always just ambient enough that you hear it but it doesn't take center stage i i will say one thing because i guess this will fit into it i think i like this version of peter parker better than like any mcu version so me and ellie have this opinion and I don't know if it counts as a hot take, so if people are listening, they can let us know. But to both of us, the so it's interesting because you played it on the PS5, so you got the remodeled Peter Parker. I'm not is sure. Diff- are you, is it different on the PS4? Aware. The PS4 version of Peter Parker uh, looked completely different, has like longer hair and looks more really like i imagine peter parker to look i don't know why when they remastered it they remodeled the peter parker but me and ellie have both said like the playstation version of peter parker is the best peter parker outside of the comic books like any kind of reimagining of him yeah and that's not to say that the movie ones are bad but i just think this one hits all the cues for like yeah he's good at being peter parker he's spidey's He's funny when he's in combat. He's serious when he needs to be. Like the uh, the emotional pull at the end when he's fighting Doc Ock, like that is just, and all the way up to the anime stuff, like that is just like perfect. That's just yeah. so well done. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't know what it is about him, but it's just to me, I'm like outside of the comic books, this is Peter Parker. Yeah, like I feel it's, the same. So if people are listening and they disagree, then please do let us know but i mean for me personally i'm i'm just gonna say like right off the bat i'm 100 percent recommending this game to anyone who's listening and hasn't played it i 
I said that is a fucking Amazon delivery parcel. <laughs> I I second that. This game is incredible. I'll definitely be finishing it now that all of Final Fantasy VII has been finished. For now, I'll definitely be going back and finishing <laughs> this, and you know, very excited to do that. So I definitely 100 recommend this if you've access to playing it. It's it, it it's the best superhero game I've played. I just I'll just say it like it's it's the best, and I mean. I've played a fair few. Guardians is a pretty good game, but this just this just takes it. I haven't played as many as I'd like to. I, I have Batman Arkham Knight downloaded. I've heard a lot of good things about that one, but I just think I just think I'll like playing as Spider Man more. Like I just it's just more fun. <laughs> Man, those Arkham games are good though. Okay, she's not coming. I thought I heard my girlfriend coming in. Um Okay, so the second game we're going to be discussing is the game that you recommended to me, but I lucked out because I was already playing it, and you was like, oh, I very much want to talk about that game. So the second game is Paper Mario The Origami Kin. Now, this was a uh, 2020 release in Paper Mario series, so you're looking at a uh, essentially an RPG Mario game set in I don't even know how to it, it's a paper art style that's the only way to explain it you know yeah, everything it's, is it's 2D is 2D yeah exactly yeah it's like it's 2D and you have your normal paper characters who you have like Mario and everyone but then you have the origami characters which are uh, the essentially evil. Yeah, the enemies. I don't think it. there was a good other than Olivia. I don't think there was a good origami creature. Bowser, maybe. Technically, Bowser. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he was folded up pretty good. He was folded up pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, just to sort of, I'll talk about my my experience very, of the game. I'm very interested we... to see what you have to say about this game. So I knew of this game when it came out ellie bought this game when she had her switch um she she had played like sort of animal crossing that's why she bought her switch and then she saw paper mario and she was like that looks really cute i want to buy that and then i'd never played a paper mario game i'd never played anything and we played super mario rpg for the podcast And that was my first introduction to a Mario RPG. That game walked so the series could run. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, if you if you don't know my opinions of Super Mario RPG, I detest that game. I, I, I fucking that, hate that's it. That's maybe my favorite episode of Play Along. It's so <laughs> good. Uh, if you've not listened to that series, go and listen to it. It's kind of somehow famous. It's in lore. Anyone who listens it's to in play along it's, lore. It's in play along lore. Now that's it. Um, but I have watched playthroughs of the Thousand Year Door, which is heralded, as far as I'm aware, as like being the ultimate Paper Mario experience. Yeah. So I was like, do you know what, Ellie? Uh, can I can I borrow your game? I want to play it. Played it through, and very surprised we'll get into it i feel um because there was a lot of gameplay changes in in this game 
But in terms of your experience with the Origami Kin, obviously, I'm assuming you're more of a Nintendo fan overall compared to sort of any other platforms. Yeah, so Origami King, I th- oh man, 2020. That was a tough year, but day one buy for it was a day one buy for me. Oh, day one, damn. yeah, I got it on day one, and Tyler and I both planned on playing it for the podcast to review it. Tyler never finished it because he <laughs> hated it. He hated it with all of his heart, and I played through it. You know got done and that was, I'm like that wasn't so bad it wasn't terrible like I love the I, I love the way it looks I think it looks fantastic the humor's really good it's a different look at these Mario characters that you don't get a lot of but this series is kind of known for that I think which is you know showing a more funny side of these characters I wasn't wild about the origami king or any of the you know like fighting a fucking paper clip and all that. I wasn't wild about that. <laughs> I went back and I'm like, I'll do some of the achievements. And I was like, God, I really don't like this game. <laughs> I really don't. I'm not <laughs> having a good time playing it. It's because unlike Spider-Man, the combat is abysmal. I think, I think it's, I think it's border. It, it's unforgivable how bad the combat is in this game. Like by hour two, I'm like running away from any and all enemies, and it doesn't even matter because you can buy levels in this game. So just get enough coins, and you can yeah. buy levels. I this game's not good. Like I don't think it's good. So, okay, were you were you a fan of the Paper Mario series? This was my first Paper this. Mario game. Oh wow! But I okay. remember. So wa- but I remember any... my watch. But I remember watching my uncle play. I believe Super Paper Mario for the Wii, and. That I heard that that I heard that got pretty good reviews and people liked that game and I just remember I remember liking the funny side because I was younger a lot younger I just remember liking the funny side of the Mario characters so that was my only experience prior but this was my first Paper Mario game and a lot like Breath of the Wild I feel like I am off to a much different start than everybody else who has played Paper <laughs> Mario series. Yeah, I mean, you know, with without trying to make a pun, you know, on paper it should be amazing because you've yeah. got this this different side to these characters you're a massive nintendo fan you've got yourself a switch like it just makes sense that this is a game you should play yeah it's kind of paper mario as a series kind of like hadn't seen the best results the past couple games i believe color splash wasn't great people didn't really like that game i didn't even know that existed and there's (laughs) yeah i think it was for the wii u and i think that there was one other before that but yeah origami king was built up to be you know basically a reset for the series and good good grief it was not (laughs) so okay let's let's jump into the story because the story of the game isn't super complex i don't think no it's not you essentially you're playing as mario and you go to peach's castle one day and you find that peach has been folded into an origami style she is now an origami peach and then you talk to her her castle ends up being dragged out of the mushroom kingdom and like elevated into the sky yeah a lot like a lot like tears of the kingdom they just rose that thing up like 20 feet yeah and then all of these streamers of paper appear different colors and you are eventually introduced to this origami character olivia and olivia is 
she's the only good origami creature outside of Bowser. You know, like you you go through the entirety of the game. She's your partner, and they. Yeah, she's your she's your, she's your flood she's your luma she's that character yeah she's she's nowhere near as like annoying as navi or anything she you, you have to press x to get her to appear you know she won't just randomly pop out for no reason yeah and you she tells you that uh i believe his name is ollie ollie yep the the origami king is her brother and she's like he used to be nice. I don't know what happened. Now he's gone crazy, and he's trying to fold the entire entire world into origami. It's perfect, and so perfect way of describing it. We don't know why, but he is. <laughs> we, it's, he's just evil for one reason. He literally woke up one day and chose chaos. That is literally <laughs> what happened. He logged on to Reddit and or something and was like, "This looks sick." That's it. Yeah. He saw some fucking 4chan exactly. post <laughs> talking about how shit origami is, and he was like, "Okay, all right, fine." <laughs> So you are now left to gain access to Peach's castle. We have to destroy the streamers that are trapping it in order to do that. And then we make our way up there. And along the way, we meet a bunch of companions that we get. We get like a bob We get uh, a Professor Toad character. And the entire game sort of has us taken on these creatures called the the velimentals yeah aren't they yeah aren't those the um the like they're the, the bosses? elemental creatures yeah. yeah so you you'll go to an area and there'll be something wrong with the area and you'll find out that basically the creature that is protecting the area has been folded into origami and has become evil so you go you defeat it and olivia is able to gain its power through a book that she reads that shows her how to fold herself into the shape of the creature. Oh yeah, like the the I think the turtle was one. There's yeah, the turtle was an earth one. There's a it's like the water dragon, a fire phoenix, and I I think an ice bear. I think, I think they're so. the yeah, four I that think, you have. I think so those are the four. Um and they'll come up from time to time. You can use them in fights against other kind of like summons. Yes, yeah, that is actually a really, really good way of explaining it. Yeah, they are like summons. Um, and there's one section later in the game that really fucking annoyed me because you get to this place and you have these like free temples and you have to decide which elemental power you're going to use to gain access to the temple. So it'll be like one of them was almost like an empty moat. It was just this island in the middle of a big crater. And you had to fill it up with water, and then you had to freeze it in order to gain access oh to. God, that part sucked. That part sucked. Yeah. So, and that is essentially the story. You are going through, and you are trying to stop Ollie from uh, doing what he's doing. If I remember correctly, his boss fight takes forever too. His boss fight sucks. Um, it is a very stereotypical two phase rpg boss um and we'll get to that but the other big thing that happens in the game is that there will be (laughs) there will be stationary guard in each of the streamers um so there is 
what there's a hole punch there's scissors there's a stapler colored pencils uh colored pencils it's i don't know why i'm are they are they associated with origami is that something that they're you, not even you... like henchmen they're just there no they're just there they are just sentient stationary they're not the... origami they're not like working for all they're just there yeah they're just there just and it, there's no rhyme or reason as to why no you know you don't they don't have none of them pledge allegiance to ollie none of them they're, they're just menaces they're just there to be in your yeah, way when you beat them they disappear and they never come back mm-hmm. which is just like makes no goddamn makes sense. No sense and it's like i when i found the first of elemental which is the turtle the earth elemental i was like oh okay cool now i'm gonna go get the streamer because i've stopped the elemental but that wasn't the not case at all whatsoever. <laughs> no, no. So that is essentially the story of the game. Um, the big twist, I guess, is we find out that the reason <laughs> the reason Ollie is evil is because the man who created Ollie and uh, Olivia. He did this special origami technique that essentially imbues life into them. And he wanted them to be the uh, king and the princess of this origami kingdom that he had built. But Ollie got annoyed because he found out that the origami maker had scribbled something on him. And there was like something scribbled on the paper that was used to make Ollie. And this pissed Ollie off. He was like, you know... I've been defaced. I have been vandalized. It's like, it's like Sephiroth. He's like, I've been wronged. So this world is mine to do whatever I want. Yeah. With. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, you have wronged me and made me feel that I am less than. So I'm going to show you that I am more than. Doesn't Luigi tell you that? <laughs> or like, Luigi's yeah. with you when you find that out. Lu- so Luigi does this weird thing where he's trying to find the key to Princess Peach's castle. <laughs> And he will show up periodically throughout each of the kingdoms with a different key. Just to tell you he couldn't find it. That was funny. Really, that was funny. He'll be like, I found the key. And you're like, oh, no, this is is not the right key, brother. This is the key I need for this kingdom, but it's not Peach's key. Um, And that that was a nice little, like, comic. Doesn't he drive around in a car and just never offers you a ride? (laughs) Yeah, I think at one point he is in like a like a Mario Kart car and just doesn't offer you a ride whatsoever. I, I like there I is like a section that. we get to drive through a desert in a giant boot. That's true. Um, that does happen. But no, I did like I like the Luigi side of it as well because obviously where Mario is the silent protagonist, Olivia will be the one who's breaking it down to Luigi and you'll see her like talking to herself before she tells him. She's like, "Oh god, how am I going to break it to him?" How am I you know, because bless his heart, he's trying his hardest. Yeah, he is. Um, but he just he keeps coming up with the right keys, but just not at the right time. Poor Luigi. So, before we discuss the combat of the game, because I feel like that is the major gameplay point that I personally want to talk about. I don't, I don't know about you, but I feel like we should talk about how 
Hmm. How do I say this? This is the least RPG-ish RPG I've ever played. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? That's a really good way of putting it. (laughs) Because like you said, you don't level up. You essentially just find stronger weapons. Yeah, you just buy the levels and the coins. you, You buy those stronger weapons from the toad shop and that's basically it there's no you don't get to choose like oh i want to be tankier i want to have more you know damage no, you can be, have everything you and you don't have to grind for it yeah yeah and it's literally that's that's it you know you'll be going along and you'll just be like oh i found a shiny hammer and now every time you go to the toad shop shiny hammers are there just to buy and when i say there's an abundance of coins in oh this game God. I finished this game with like 40,000 coins left over, having spent ludicrous amounts of money on nearly every accessory. I had like four legendary hammers, four legendary boots, and I still had just this obscene chunk of money yeah, there's, left over. There is zero sense of feeling like you earned anything when you play this game, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a big... The, the economy in the Origami Kingdom is, is fucked. Severely. There is... There, there's, in, there's insider, there just insider trading or something going on. <laughs> Something's up. But you, yeah, you, because there's also the mechanic where I found myself using this towards the end of the game because I just couldn't be bothered to solve the combat puzzle. Where oh, yeah, you can, you. <laughs> yeah, you, it, it solves part of it for you. It will do like the first step. So you essentially, throughout the game, you rescue these toads, and then the toads will appear at a fight very similar to like thousand year door where they were in the crowd at the theater but you can hold down a button to throw coins into the air like you're some sort of like fucking rich pauper and all of these like peasant toads will come <laughs> scrambling along to get their gold coins and then they'll give you health back or they'll do a move for the combat puzzle that we'll talk about in a bit but yeah, and you can buy time as well because there's a timer on the combat time, puzzle. Yeah. And you can just buy time. So I found myself just like buying two minutes and then having the toads solve the first part of the puzzle for me and then just taking my time to figure out the puzzle afterwards. Yeah, no, there's zero sense of urgency. None at all. None whatsoever. Um, as for other things outside of the combat, I don't feel like there's actually an awful much to talk about it's kind of a it's a very simple game in terms of the way that you play it and how the world works yeah really i mean before we get into the combats i feel like we're both just going to tear it to shreds i do want to say that um i the humor is really i I really enjoy the humor i think I, i laughed out loud when mario gets beaten thrown in the cellar and all the goombas and stuff for like if you're here like we're fucked like <laughs> that, that was kind of that yeah. was funny I, so i enjoyed the humor and i think the game's really pretty to look at i think it's beautiful mm. so yeah and I that mean, out of the way i i i'll echo that as well um I, I was very conflicted with this game because i really fucking hated the combat in this game but i enjoyed the characters and i enjoyed going through the world and like you said the humor of it and olivia as a companion i thought she was brilliant sacrifices herself doesn't she 
She does indeed. She not only sacrifices herself, but she sacrifices herself to kill her brother to stop him from uh, carrying out his wish because he is... Um, I only found out recently this was a real fin, but like apparently there's a, a belief that if you have a hundred paper cranes, you can grant a wish. And that's essentially what Ollie is doing. He's trying to craft a hundred paper cranes in order to cast a wish that will turn everybody in the world into origami. Interesting. Um, okay. And I only found out recently that it's an, like a, an actual fin in Japan. Like there's an actual... Like it's just an actual belief that that is a, cool, a thing that you a cool can do. Cultural tie, then. Yeah, because I mean, at first I was just like, "That's fucking weird," <laughs> and then I think I was watching like an anime or something, and they spoke the. Oh no, I was playing AI the Somnium Files, and somebody was ill, and they were like, "Oh, let's go make a hundred paper cranes, and then we can wish that they're better." Just and I was like, "Oh fuck!" That's what Ollie was doing. Paper Mario thing. Ollie was doing. <laughs> but yeah, Olivia does sacrifice herself and. Fuck! That was actually that actually sort of got me a little bit. Yeah, the ending's bit. Yeah, like, the oh, ending's man. the ending's touching. The ending of the game's touching. It's very touching, and they have this like massive uh, paper lantern festival mm-hmm. for Olivia to sort of like remember her and everything. So I don't want to say that it's a bad game. It's just that I hate the combat so fucking much that it took a lot away from my experience of the it's game. It's borderline unplayable after you beat it for the first time. Yeah, like that's just kind of like you're like I don't want to do this again. Like I don't want to go through this. <laughs> it's just I I remember thinking I was like, oh, that was a good ending, but I'm so glad I'm done. Yeah, no, I, I will now be taking this out of the disc holder and never putting it back. <laughs> so yeah, the combat it's just, it's a ring system, right? Where you each there's Correct. like four or five rings, and Mario's in the middle of it, and in each ring there's a certain amount of enemies. So you can have one like in the first ring there could be two Goombas, and you told whole point is to line them up so it's the most of you attack in the most efficient manner possible to take away like as much health or damage and it's turn-based so if you could do an action i think mario might get two turns on some occasions if you're quick enough but regardless he gets you you get you always go first i think and Mm -hmm. mario will you spin the rings and choose what you can bounce on or hit him with the hammer and then they get a turn to ta- attack you as well. If I believe that even the enemies can like, if they're lined up, they can like use each other to attack you, which is pretty cool. But regardless, yeah. the whole goal of the combat system is to, without running out of time, because as you said earlier, there's a timer, line up your enemies in the most efficient way possible so you can attack them like at large. Is that kind of like the best way to summarize it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like you basically hit everything on the head. Um, you're trying to either get them in a line of four, or get them into a cluster of four, like two, two in a column next to one another, so you can hit them with a hammer. Um, and that's essentially that is how you set up the combat. You're trying to do that, and you're trying to. Uh, if you line them up correctly, you get times one point five damage. That's, that's right. Yeah, which is which is the incentive to be able to do that correctly. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes the enemies will throw one another. Sometimes they'll knock themselves into one another. It's quite clever because you can have like uh, a 
fire flower item that you can use that will throw fire fire like fireballs down the line at the enemies and you can kind of hit the enemies down the line with an item yes yeah, because that's some cool. of the yeah some of the enemies uh similar to like other paper mario games you can't jump on enemies that have spikes on them yeah and things like that the large reason why i think this sucks it's just it takes forever it just takes forever Mm -hmm. it just takes so long and like you said it takes longer if you buy time because as the game progress as the game progresses you're not gonna be able to figure out in the amount of time that you're allowed which i oh no which maybe it's like 30 or 60 seconds if that much like that feels high on the high end so you're gonna need to buy time and I, i will say this i think the boss fights with this battle system favor the they favor the boss battles over the standard encounters because the boss you're more often not thinking of you're only you're only trying to hit one because every every boss is a weak point so you're trying to find the weak point and it's, it's different in that mario maneuvers around the ring whereas in standard combat mario is the center of the ring so everything comes to him you have to go to the boss yeah. which i kind of like and I, there's cool little twists of the colored pencils. It'll, it'll have like homing missiles on certain areas. And if you go on one of them, you'll get like basically instant death. And there's like mm-hmm. items along the way you can pick up. That's pretty cool. I think the elementals might be that way as well, if I remember. But yeah, I yeah mean, they the, are. The, the, your standard everyday encounter just takes forever. And there's no incentive to doing it. And you can run or buy your way out of it with no repercussions. So like, it's just what's the point of having all these enemies yeah. on the battlefield if I'm going to get no reward for grinding it out. And the big problem as well is that those standard encounters are 95% of the yeah. game. You there's hardly any you... boss fights in this game, come to think of it. There's. Uh, what are you good? Four elementals. Five. And then a f- five streamers, and then Ollie. So, like, what, 10? Yeah. In, like, 10 boss battles in. I think I put like 36 hours into the that game. That sounds about right. Like it was I, fairly... I think I had 40. I checked for it. Yeah. So, you, you know, like a boss every four hours, which when that's the best form of the combat in the game is not a lot at no. all. Because you'll also have companions with you, but you can't control what they do. So you'll have like, Bomb you get, uh, yeah, Olivia calls him Barry. Oh no, Bobby. She calls him Bobby. He sacrifices and, himself um, too. <laughs> yeah, he sacrifices himself as well. And you have him, but you can't choose what he does. So there'll be times where Mario needs healing, but you can't have Bobby heal you because Bobby is his own character and he does what he wants to do, which is basically just always attack. I've never seen an NPC, like a companion in this game, use an item yeah, no, or, or anything like that. And you have Olivia, but Olivia doesn't do anything either it'd be cool if olivia she gives you some tips yeah but it'd be it would have been cooler if she was like able to help with the puzzle system or if she could heal or like some sort of support role yeah i'd prefer her be the one that does the puzzle instead of paying the peasant toads to do it (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and she's just kind of there and she's like oh well if you do this mario and the, the everyday battles, like you said, you know, you'll you'll look and there'll be six enemies scattered across these four rings with like eight columns. And you're like, I have no clue how the fuck I'm going to line these guys up. Yeah. 
So you you just end up paying the fucking toes to do it, and then they do a move, and you're like, oh, that's how you do it. Yeah, okay, and like right. if in the overworld, like if an enemy like tracks you down, like they're going to catch you. You cannot outrun them. Oh no, no, you cannot outrun them. Some of them, at a certain point after you progress a certain point in the game, if you hit some enemies with a hammer, you'll auto kill them yeah, without yeah, going you, into battle. That's basically a stealth. That's a stealth part of this game. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean. If a, if a Shelly, like if a Spikey sees yeah, you, done. it's coming for you because they will just like home and missile themselves at you and you just. Yeah, and you can't use the boots on them, so you have to line them up, so you have to use the hammer. It's just like, kill me now. Like, I, I want to yeah. run. I think you there are some boots you can use, but they have to be steel boots like or something like that. Iron yeah. boots or some crap. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not great. Combat isn't great, but like you said, the boss battles brilliant yeah, cool. i actually really love the boss but because mario essentially will start from one space outside the square and the boss is in the middle and then you get free movements oh we should say that i didn't mention that you have limited amount of movements in order to solve the puzzle of the combat ring so you can't just infinitely spin them around like once you lock a move in it's done that's you it you can take you, it back i'm you pretty might sure get, but it resets it all the way you can take it back it resets all the way yeah um so the boss will be in the middle and on the f- on the combat puzzle will be arrows and you essentially are moving the arrows in such a way that because Mario steps onto the square in front of him and then he does whatever's on the square in front of him. So he will go left if there's a left arrow, he will go straight if there's a straight arrow. You can even just put the attack icon on the very first square and have him attack from the first fin. But the bosses, like you said, they will have a weak point. Um, there'll be uh, um, an on button that you need Mario to walk over in order to activate either the Velimental or the, uh, what do they call it? Thousandfold arms yep, or whatever right. they call it. Thousandfold arms. Um, and those are essentially special moves that you can use against the boss. So uh one of them was like the stapler you have to use the thousand fold arms oh the rubber band was the last one the rubber band was the last one that's it yeah yeah the rubber band. i remember you think a thousand folds and you like shoot them into like oblivion that was funny yeah that some of they all have their own like gimmicks so some of them will have like homing missiles like with the pencils the rubber band puts these triangles on the combat puzzle that if you hit it you bounce off of it so you have to maneuver around them and that's when i think it works when there's an actual puzzle to it because in those sections you get like two minutes to make your move you get so much time to sit there and be like okay right this is what i need to do i need to remove like maneuver to this point of the boss i need to hit the on button and there's also icons for like an extra attack extra damage things like you can get health back and stuff like that so the the boss battles are 10 times better than the everyday combat agreed for sure just because the like you said the battle system lends itself to it way more when mario's the one who has to kind of go on the offensive and you know you just gotta find all you gotta do is find the weak point you have the help with the developmentals you can call in you can attack from far away and just use like a fireball if you just want to, you know, basically burn a turn. So, mm. yeah, I, there's a lot of cool gimmicks yeah. too. I think the scissor was like a one hit KO. 
or the hole punch was a one hit KO. Yeah, one of them. Oh no, the hole punch. If he, well, he got takes away your health, that's right. He, yeah, he takes away a chunk of your health for every hole punch he puts into Mario, yeah. and then you can you can get them back by was, opening the chest. That was the um, the faceless toads mission. Yes. Yeah, that was interesting. That was very well. interesting. <laughs> but it just kind of makes me wish that the rest of the fights were just like standard Paper Mario fights, like we like I've seen in like Thousand Year Door, where people are just lined up. There's no puzzles. It's just, it's just okay. It's turn based. It's your turn. Off you go. Yeah, that would have made this game a lot more manageable for sure. Yeah, because I, I remember the <laughs> the first time Ellie asked me what I thought of the game, I was about sort of 10 or 11 hours into it. And she was like, oh, what do you think of it? And I was like, I did not realize I was playing a fucking puzzle game. <laughs> like, I thought this was an RPG. <laughs> it's true. It's true. How did you feel about the um, filling the confetti in the overworld? Did you do any of those? Yeah. So I did, I did bits and pieces of them. Um, and again you so essentially every time you defeat an enemy they will drop confetti and then you can use the confetti to fill holes in this paper world and that also gives you coins and gives you like um a little achievement to say oh you've done a hundred percent of the holes in this region i don't i was like okay it was that and unfolding the toes were the two like side stuff right yes that's right yeah yeah because i remember I forget where it is, but when you look through the telescope, and it's just a toad's face there. Like that, that made me laugh out loud too. That was hilarious. Yeah, some bits in it are great, and then other bits are like, oh, I, you know, I'm just gonna pull this toad out from in between a floorboard of a shop or something, or like, yeah, they're not cra- they're not crazy hard to find either, which is nice. No. And like you said, actually freeing them just makes the game so much easier. So that's why I did it more often than not. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll free you, but you got to solve every puzzle for me here on out. And they seem to agree to that deal, so that's fine with me. Yeah. And sometimes the the confetti is used in a sort of puzzle-solving way. There'll be, like, I remember there was, I think it's in the uh, section with the Faceless Toads and the Professor Toad, where there are platforms that move up and down that part of it's missing. That's right. Yeah. You have to fill that in with confetti in order to get onto it to progress to the next yeah, section. Right. So it's not always just kind of aimlessly filling in these random holes in the world. Like they do they do play a part in the sort of exploration of the of the world as well. But I mean I'm just looking here on the wiki. Did you know this game was nominated for Best Family Game and Nintendo Game of the Year at both the Game Awards 2020 and the Golden Joystick Awards. I did, and that's borderline criminal. It did not win, but it was nominated. Well, 2020, I'm trying I to think of what tra- else came out that year. For, I think Age of Calamity came out that year for Nintendo. New Horizons, Animal Crossing. Oh, shit. Well, I probably cleaned up. Oh, yeah, that won like, that crazy that, awards everywhere. That cleaned up for sure. Xenoblade Definitive Edition maybe also came out that year. But yeah, it doesn't matter if Animal Crossing came out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, before I get on to my sort of final thoughts about it, what did you think of Paper Mario Origami King? Like, would you recommend it to people who were looking? I guess as well, because for both of us, 
it was our first true dip into Paper Mario as a series. I'd played Super Mario RPG, but as you sort of said, that was like the precursor to, you know, that was the foundation that this is built on. So as someone who had never played a Paper Mario game before, what what did you think? Would you recommend it to others or? Um, this is this is definitely tougher than Spider Man recommending this one, but um, I Spider Man was like a no brainer. Oh, yeah, no, so. yeah, just <laughs> fork over the forty and be on your way. But this is <laughs> this. I don't know. It's probably still sixty. Um, you know what? I think soft recommend just because. Mm-hmm. I think the visuals and the humor and the story, it's enough to keep you invested for your first playthrough. And, you know, the combat's tedious, but like you said, if you like, we both, we've said this entire time, you can just buy your way out of it until you get to the bosses. There's no repercussions. So this is truly like baby's baby's first RPG. So, <laughs> so yeah. Like if you, I, I soft recommend. I would not play it. W- I'm never going to go back and play this game, admittedly. But you know what? Like, there's still some quips and jokes in there that I still laugh at when I think about. So, you know, for that alone, I would say it's a very, very soft recommend. Yeah, I've, I feel like I, I agree with you as well. Like, I, I would say play this game if you're looking for a Paper Mario on Switch. Um don't play it as your main game for me i played it as my i'm getting into bed and i want to play for an hour before i go to sleep or i'm traveling somewhere i want something to play while i'm traveling yeah, don't make like, don't, it do not my... make time to play this game no no i did not fit this game in your schedule don't make your schedule fit around the origami kin you know you don't need to be sitting down and putting it in the dock and playing it on the tv no. i don't recommend that at all um borrow it if you can don't buy it <laughs> i'm sorry but just don't don't Rent buy it, it. it's like, do whatever you gotta do it's an okay game you know it's like if i yeah i'd say soft recommend is a fair thing you know it's got it's got its moments that warrant experience in it you know it's got that humor it's got the boss fights olivia is a brilliant companion um and some of the humor that comes across in the game is great but it's just a shame that 95% of it is that combat puzzle system with no real RPG elements to what's supposed to be an RPG game. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100% with everything you said. Ah, well, that brings us to the end then. Uh, before I do all the final notes and everything, do you want to just remind people colby what you guys do where they can find yeah, you uh switch it up podcast all things nintendo podcast run by everyone's favorite college seniors uh you can find it on apple podcast spotify wherever you may listen at switch up pod on twitter switch up podcast on instagram and both of our personal handles are in those show notes as well so check it out yeah and i'll put everything in the in the description below as well in the show notes and that so people can come and visit all of your stuff without having to search well, thank it. you for that no, dude, this thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, man. Yeah, it's been gr- it's been great. You know, second recording ever. I feel like we got a pretty good rhythm, so you know, it was definitely <laughs> definitely good. Yeah, it's been nice to shoot the shit with you. Yeah, man, man appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, well, thank you to everyone who's listened. Uh, do go check out Switch It Up, and 
check out our other Get Wrecked episodes if you if you like the format of what we're doing here. But with that, I think that's everything I have to say. We'll see you guys next time.